0: Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of Paws and Perros. In today's episode, we have Ava, founder of Ava's Pet Palace, an organic dog and cat treat business, which she started at the age of eight years old. I'm thrilled to have you. There's so many takeaways you're going to take away from just the pet food industry to just how Ava kind of developed a mindset to even begin this entire endeavor. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to Ava.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. My name is Ava. I'm the owner of Ava's Pet Palace, where I make organic and all-natural dog and cat treats. I started Ava's Pet Palace about four years ago when I was eight. I've always loved animals and had a passion for helping them. Always wanted to be around them, just anything of animals. As I was starting to get older, I will noticing that a lot of the treats we are feeding our own animals have many bad ingredients and just a lot of ingredients in general. So I wanted to try and help this by making treats that are good for our animals. And that they can just enjoy without the owner's constantly worrying about what they're feeding their
0: furry friends. I love that. I love that. And I think it's awesome that you kind of like paid attention to the labels in terms of what we're feeding animals and our pets. They become family. So it makes sense that you want to feed them, want to feed them the best quality food. And that is so great that you kind of identified that. I'd love to hear Ava like. Could you re- recall what kind of sparked your love for animals? Like, is there like a moment or a person? Like, w- what sparked that love for animals?
1: So, so my mom has told me that ever since I was born, I've always wanted to be around animals. And I do remember from a very young age, always wanting to be around our family dog. His name was Rock. He was the first pet that I was introduced to, my first dog. And he definitely sparked my love for animals and wanting to help them. He was the taste tester for Abel's Pet Palace, the first one, and I would definitely say it was because of Rock. I spent a lot of time with him, and I just love doing that. I also spent a lot of time with my cat, Pumpkin. I've had him for 11 years now. He was two, and then I was also two when we got him. So he's been around for a very long time. Yeah, it was definitely those two, my first two pets. I still have Pumpkin and then Rock.
0: Uh, I love that. Yeah, I I didn't realize that you got pumpkin when you were two. So you literally like grew up together. Literally, that's amazing. And so I love that because for me, I've always loved animals and but I didn't grow up with pet. Instead, I would visit my relatives and I would visit my grandparents in the Dominican Republic and they had two dogs and then I would just see a lot of stray dogs. And that's where like my love for animals came about and it took me years to convince my mom. And then in high school, junior year of high school, I was able to convince her because at the time we lived in a one bedroom apartment. And so she was like, there's no way we're having a pet. Like a pet deserves to live in like a house and like we don't have space for that. And I convinced her. And then when we got Bubbles, so he's still with us. He's going to be 13, June 24. She would touch him, wash her hand right after. That didn't last long. He's allowed to sleep on the bed with her. <laughs> She'll give him things right there. You know, it's so interesting the way they change your, your entire perspective. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you had this love and you still have Pumpkin. And then I noticed that you also have Lacey. Yes. Yeah. How did you go about determining What to feed your pets or like what caused you maybe to like look at the label? Like maybe there's something surprising you learned. Like I'm curious, like what kind of sparks of that portion of your passion?
1: When I was first making the treats and testing out different recipes, took took a lot of research, having to figure out what they liked, what they didn't like, what was safe for them to eat. I've always been very interested in what they ate and what I was feeding them. And I remember a specific moment, I was passing my treats out around my neighborhood because there was a lot of dogs around. And that was like the first time that people were trying my treats, people that I didn't know personally. And I remember someone, I was offering her some treats and she told me that her dog has an allergies to corn, wheat, and soy. So she couldn't have the treats. And I went back and I remember that and From then on, I wanted to make treats that were free of corn, wheat, and soy and a lot of different allergies that pets may have because I noticed that a lot of pets have allergies that I wouldn't expect and I wanted to make sure pets with allergies had treats too that were safe for them to eat. So it sounds like you went into research mode and also just from
0: real life experience with hearing of your neighbors whose dogs have allergies. Yeah, that's awesome. And in your research, was there anything surprising that you learned about the pet food industry?
1: Well, I had no idea that the pet food industry was so big. That was definitely very, very surprising to me. And also how many rules there were in the industry, what things have to go on bags, just a lot of different things that you needed to know before making treats while getting a lot of things. The ingredients was definitely all very surprising to me. I would say those are the two main things. But I'm still learning as I continue to grow my business. I'm sure there will be new things in the future.
0: Sure. And everything's ever evolving. Talk to me about Lacey because as I was reading up on you, it sounds like Lacey was a foster. And what we call in like the foster world is like a foster fail
1: (laughs) when you end up falling in love and keeping the foster. So can you talk to me about that? So Lacey, she was the third dog that we fostered. And I wasn't planning on keeping Lacey because we weren't planning on having a dog of our own. My parents finally decided to let me foster and I was happy that I was getting to foster. But after we got Lacey, she was a very scared dog at first because... She was, uh, straight at first. They found her. I can't remember where exactly. It was a different okay. state. She was a very shy, um, scared dog at first. She didn't really like anyone to be around her. And I was the first person that she trusted. So me and her, um, bonded a lot when she first came and she became very protective over me. And I just definitely fell in love with her. I didn't want to let her go. And I had to convince my parents to let me keep her because at first they weren't so sure about it, but. They ended up letting me adopt her and I was very, very happy and I'm still, um, grateful that I get to have her today and got to keep her. So I couldn't imagine after her being with us for so long and her finally, you know, trusting us, not keeping her. Absolutely.
0: I know. And with fostering, like goodbye is the goal, but I think there's just times where a certain dog or cat or rabbit comes in where you're like, you just know, this is it. Like, they're home and you can't give them up. So I feel like that's what you had with Lacey.
1: And how did you find out about fostering? There was this rescue and I remember we found them actually. First we found them and they wanted some of my treats to get passed out around their shelter. And I thought it was very cool. I didn't know what fostering was then. And when we went, I went to go do a demo there to pass the treats out to people that were coming in and out adopt the animals. I learned about fostering there. And then there was a different rescue that I worked with then, Magnificent Much, where we got Lacey. Then that was where I actually found out about fostering. And my parents found out too. They, kinda, they knew about fostering, but that was when they really were deciding if we could really do it. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm always curious because it isn't something that a lot of there's a
0: lot of people that are not familiar with fostering or there's a lot of hesitation. So I was curious and and that's awesome. So it sounds like you got to go to the shelter and like that exposed you to that world. How was it convincing your parents or getting them okay to the idea to foster? Because a big thing I hear as a foster is if I have children, I don't want quote unquote unpredictable animal by my child. And here you are like Lacey is part of your family now. So I'm curious if there was any kind of pushback or it it could be that your parents didn't have pushback from that regard but yeah so curious about that
1: so we have pumpkin and he's not really a fan or of other animals i mean he's lived with animals most of his life he um he lived with rock for a while so he's been around animals he just wasn't too fond of them he didn't really like being around them but when we fostered our first dog he was okay Actually, I was very surprised because the first dog we fostered, it was kind of like seeing how he would do. And he did pretty well. And that was probably the biggest setback was him and how he would do, how he would react to the dog. And I have two little sisters. So when we first saw our first dog, just my little, my five-year-old sister, she was born, she was younger. So that was another thing. They didn't know if they would want another dog or a dog in here with my little sister but everything turned out to go good and after that they realized that it was okay to foster with my sister and cat and that everything from there went good
0: that's awesome when it comes to that kind of introduction the first time you fostered and like how that dog was introduced to your cat and your sisters who are younger do you remember how that experience went? I'm wondering if any tips for people who are bringing on a new pet, whether there's younger children, other animals.
1: For Pumpkin, he needed space at first. He didn't, <laughs> didn't want the dog near him at all. He didn't want anything to do with her name was Squeaky. That was at first. So we had to get them used to each other first. Um, but they still didn't spend time together. They, they weren't like uh, laying on the couch together or anything, but they were fine walking past. It wasn't
0: love at first sight. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was getting pumpkin used to Squeaky having, they were by each other but in separate areas so I would have Squeaky and her, she would sleep in a kennel because she was a foster and she couldn't be out yet and I would have pumpkin go near and they would kind of meet each other through that because I feel like that's the best way to do it first. You have to introduce them slowly, not just bring a dog or cat home without your other animal knowing and just put them in the room together. Another thing is you could probably, if you have like a certain blanket that the dog, for instance, that the dog has been laying in, you could bring it home to your cat, let them sniff it, you know, kind of get the smell near them. I think those are the two main things and they definitely did help.
0: Exactly. That's what I've done too. I, for the most part, foster one animal at a time. There has been two instances where it's been multiple. And first time that I fostered two animals at the same time was a cat and a dog. And it was a kitten, this little, little dog. It was like an emergency situation where the kitten was found underneath a car. Someone rescued it from there. And it was like in the middle of the night. And so they needed a home quickly. So that's how I found myself in that situation. And exactly what you said, it was a slow introduction. The dog's name was Buddy. He was not about it. He like would just take out all his teeth at the kitten and the kitten was so little that it was just like, I, does that mean you want to play with me? Like what's going on? And so that was very interesting. But I that's the biggest takeaway that I had from that experience is just the slow introduction making sure they have like separate spaces and you slowly introduce. And I think the same would go if you have smaller children in the house, because if you have like a puppy or kitten or smaller children, just like you don't know, you don't really have the same sense of danger. So being (laughs) careful there that it's always supervised. Yeah. I'm so happy though that Lacey got to live with you all because you mentioned you're so grateful that that got to happen. When it comes to how you started this new venture, how did you kind of gain the courage to start this? I know you mentioned you did some research and you've always loved animals. So I'm curious, like, how did you introduce the idea? And like, how did you gain the courage because it was a new project?
1: Well, I always wanted to help animals, so that was what I had my mind on. At first, I would have to say I was very shy when I was going to shows. So I would do um, craft shows where I would go and sell my treats. I was very shy there. I wouldn't really talk to people, so I didn't really have a lot of confidence there because I was still pretty young, but I still wanted to do them. I still wanted to be there selling my treats, so my mom would have to help me a lot there. But as I got older, I started talking to more people. Having I mean, a conversation when people would come by my table, it definitely helped gave me more confidence. I guess I would say it was just time I needed. I had to continue to expose myself to those craft shows and events to get more comfortable doing them. Yes, I love that
0: so much because it sounds to me in time and what helped is that you were in action. You were nervous, you were shy, but you did it anyway. That's how that courage builds. I've heard something that I really love and it's clarity loves action. And so like you get clarity through action and not just by thinking about it. And so you were really doing and being in these expos. What advice would you have for someone who's passionate, whether it's about animals or they're passionate about sustainability or just really anything they're passionate about? What advice would you have to someone who doesn't feel confident and is like, well, I have no experience in this. Maybe I should leave it to someone else. Like, What advice would you have for someone who is passionate about something but is feeling hesitant because they don't feel confident?
1: I would tell them to just go for it because if you go for it, you can take that jump and you don't know where you'll end up with your business. You could end up when you will end up doing very big things, great things. I would say that it would be helpful to kind of get a, or some sort of, I guess you could say, mentor. Find a community around you that can help. The same community as yours. Um, when I would go to shows, there was a very big community of people who loved animals and wanted to help them, had something for animals, and that's where I gained a lot of my confidence talking to them, knowing that they also. Had the same love for animals. So I would say surrounding yourself with people that have the same passions as you, talking to more people. And one more thing I would have to say about that is you will hit a lot of bumps in the road moving forward with your passion and getting everything together. But it's something that you're truly passionate about and want to do. It's worth moving right past all those bumps. Claps to that. (laughs) That is so true. And that's a very important
0: point because bumps are always going to happen. Like life is always going to happen. And it's how can you put yourself in an environment that just kind of feeds off the energy you're or the passion that you're already feeling? So that is so, so important. And that was one of my goals for 2020. Well, in reality, it was 2020. I was like, I want to make more friends in animal rescue or just like animal lovers. Like I want that. And I love my friends. But I don't have a lot of friends that are super passionate about this. And that was my intention for 2020. I really supercharged it now. That's what made me just take this leap as well to do this podcast. I'm like, you know what? I listen to a ton of podcasts. What if there was one focus on just helping folks become fosters or just dog parents, cat parents, animal parents? And I think everything you said is spot on. In the animal community, there's a trending hashtag that is adopt, don't shop. I'm curious to hear like what your thoughts are around this. I asked this from a place of I really want our listeners to know that this is a very inclusive environment. It's a very supportive environment. It's just more like there's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of things that we know we don't know. And so it's about like being educated, all of that. So I'm curious from your just from the research you've done from your experience, like what are your thoughts around Adopt don't Shop?
1: I love all animals. <laughs> I do have a very big heart for rescue animals. I do work a lot of um, rescues, so I would say that I will encourage people to you know adopt because there are a lot of animals in shelters and need homes. But like you said, we don't know a lot of people's stories of what kind of animals they need. I know that a lot of people may have allergies or they need a certain type of dog to fit their family. I would say that if you do end up shopping, that it's important to find a good person to get your furry friends from because there are a lot of bad places, but there are some okay ones that you will be able to go to that will be a good place to find your new family member. So I would say that I do encourage people to adopt because both of my animals are adopted, and I love spending time at the shelters and just spending time with the animals at the shelters, but if you do need an animal that's not somewhere you can get from an animal shelter, then it's okay to shop as long as you're doing it with a good breeder I guess you
0: could say yeah exactly so I'm, what I'm hearing is like do it responsibly and do your yes. due diligence and, and researching yeah and like for me transparently my high school so when I got my first dog that was in high school we did buy him I didn't know at the time I saw this website it was a beautiful website all the dogs looked I mean I was a, an animal lover it was like you just as if you were showing me like the best book ever like it looks incredible it was in brooklyn new york and i'm forgetting the name of the place but a couple of years later once i got more educated into this i did see the horrors around when you don't shop responsibly so i'm always big on like i'm so for adopt don't shop but i'm also into some people just don't know and it's about educating and there are some breeders that do it responsibly but you can't take the word of someone that just says Responsible or like um verified because anyone can say that on their website, it's more so can you see the parents of the dog you're getting? Are they asking you questions, are they vetting and that kind of thing and, and just making like a responsible choice.
1: So yeah. Sorry, one more thing. Sure. Um seeing how the parents of the dogs live, I think that's important too, you know, getting seeing how the puppies do too, seeing how they're living, videos if you can, just anything that shows they're having um they're living a good life and they're well taken care of especially the mama. How's the mama doing? Is she
0: allowed to be a dog and exist? So that kind of thing is so important. I want to backtrack a little bit to when it comes to first two fosters that you had, was there anything like once you did it that you were like, oh, I wish I knew beforehand or make sure you look XYZ up? Was there anything like that that came up with your first two or even first three?
1: For my first foster dog, Squeaky, I would say that I wish I knew how to try and train her better because she was a dog that needed more training than I was able to give her. My parents did help, but I wish that I knew more about training dogs at the time because she did need a little bit of extra training and help with just a lot of things. And then for my second foster, those two little puppies. Oh, it was two puppies? That's a lot of work. People don't realize I, w- I would say that I wish I knew how much work it was going to be, especially two little puppies. Yeah, They were not potty trained <laughs> and potty training them was hard too. I had to try and do that, but it was fun. But I definitely wish I knew more about everything about taking care of puppy, two little puppies at the same time. Yes, that must have been
0: challenging and also fun at the same time. Yeah. Like <laughs> this overload, this two puppies at the same time. But to your point, it is so challenging because they're kind of just learning from you. You are literally teaching them how to properly use the Wii Pad, depending on how young they are, or how to properly walk on a leash, how not to chew things. I can only imagine your cat and the two puppies at the same time. So Ava, first of all, I just want to say that you're such an inspiration because you are already have created this business at at such a young age. And I'm sure you hear this a lot, but I really do want you to know, at least from me like personally, that you inspire me. And I'm so happy to see you just... It's providing dog owners, cat owners, like relief that the treats that they're giving to their furry friends, the furry family members is actually a good treat. And so because there's always a scare, whenever I go to like potentially get a new treat or something, it's like scary because you don't know what you're getting. You're not manufacturing it yourself. So I just want to say you're an inspiration to me, not only because of your age, but because of the what you're passionate about and what you're pursuing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. So I'm curious, and I think this would help a lot of people just who are busy, how do you personally balance your business? and school, and life as well. You have a family.
1: (laughs) So, well, I would just say it took a lot of time. So when I first started my business and I was getting my treats, uh, made and everything, just starting everything in general, it was very hard because I didn't know how to balance everything, especially school with my business. But as I started um, growing my business more, continuing to work on it, um, it was getting easier because I was starting to make a kind of plan of knowing what I needed to do and also getting help from my parents when I needed it because it was something that I really needed to do for maybe school. My parents would help me with my business. And then I would definitely say they were a very big help and still are right now. I guess time helped and my parents helping out and making a plan, knowing what I need to do and when it has to get done. That makes sense. Because you again, it's like you have to be doing
0: to get better at whatever it is. Public speaking, confidence, a business. There's an element of research, but there's a really big element of just doing it and along the way uncovering. That makes sense. I'd love to know and no pressure here. You just graduated and you're already doing a lot. But I'm curious are there any thoughts you have in terms of what's next for Ava's Pet Palace? Um, It could be, you know, again, no pressure. It could be like 20 years from now, 10 years from now. Um, I'm just curious if you have any kind of things in mind in terms of what's next.
1: I want to overall continue to grow Um, everything about my business. Um, I want to get my treats into more stores, I have them in stores all over the nation. Something in the near future is getting my treats made in a somewhere in a facility manufacturer that would still be my treats. But in the near future, we won't be able to keep up with the orders and everything. It's getting hard right now because of all the orders and we won't be able to do that in our house pretty soon. So I would say that's something else I would want to that we're working on right now. And then. I want to have a, so when I was six, I drew this business plan. It was called my job plan. And it was uh, the picture of what I want to do when I'm older. And it was the castle, papers pep house castle, and it had an animal shelter. It was just, in. it wasn't just everything for animals. And that's something I really want to do in the future, actually have that. That's something that I've always talked about and I want to do. But for everything else, I'm not sure, I guess, I'll see where my business takes me and how it continues to grow. And I'm very excited to see where Ava's Pet Palace goes.
0: Yes, I am thrilled. I'm beyond excited. And I did see that drawing. And I just want to say everything you saw, you said, that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's amazing. And I realized that we hadn't touched on the fact that you're still making the treats at home. I didn't even know that you were still making these at home. So that is... Just amazing because it really—it's like you're really in control of what is. Wow, well, I can't. That's just—that's amazing. And I saw the drawing, and I have a similar dream, and it just made me so happy. That's why I was like smiling ear to ear right now because it made me so happy that you have a similar dream. And I used to think it was silly before because where. It's difficult sometimes when there are, of course, a lot of problems in the world. And so when I was little and I always loved animals, a big thing I would be told is like, well, there are children that are going hungry and things like that. So I felt like I had to kind of diminish like, okay. But I realized that we're all a collective. Everything relates with each other. And like, so with your dream and the way that it res- kind of resonates and, and is similar to mine, it's just like in having this, I could only imagine how many happy people there would be entering Ava's pet, like, pet palace, right? Like if there's like a, maybe a portion is like a cafe and I wouldn't impose on your dream, but like for my dream, I'm like, okay, there's a dog cafe. You can co-work here. Hey, you love animals, but you don't necessarily want to commit to getting one. You can just sit here for a couple of hours and like play with dogs that are adoptable. Like why not? And you pay hourly, you work there. And then at the, of, at the end of the week or the day, you might be like, actually, I'm ready to adopt or just become a pet owner. It sounds like your family has been able to help you with sure, like creating things. So I love it because it's also like a family business in a way, in the team effort. Ah, that is so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ava. And for anyone who hasn't tried your treats or just wants to learn more about you, where can they find you? Where can they find your treats?
1: So my Instagram and Facebook are Ava's Pet Palace. And then my website is abaspetpalace.com. My cheats are also available on other online platforms and stores around, but I don't have the exact names of everything right now. Some of the online platforms will be easier to find than the (laughs) actual stores. Everyone listening, please follow Ava. This is just the
0: beginning for you. And it's just so amazing already how many people that you have inspired. I can honestly say you you inspire me. I've like showed your Instagram to my husband, to my friends, to my mom, my dad. I'm like, wait a minute. I even said, and I hope sound weird. I'm like, can my daughter in the future, I don't have kids at the moment. I'm like, can they just be like Ava? Like, please. Like I need them to be animal lovers and just be like, yeah, well, let's start this business. And like, oh my goodness, I'll just be so happy. <laughs> so Ava, thank you so much for your time. It was awesome connecting with you. I wish you the best of luck and I'm excited and I'm just inspired by what you have already accomplished. And I think that's already enough and everything else is just extra. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I definitely had a lot of fun.